Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode 120. The title of our Sunday worship service for June 9th, 2019 is Friendly Fire. It is the sixth in our series, Truth Talks, BS Walks. We are all in this together. So our scripture today is on that uh, piece of paper. You ain't it. Is it the bottom? Step one. Step one, scripture. He who walks with wise men will be wise, with the companion of fools will suffer harm. Now that's from Proverbs. And it's easy to read Proverbs because it sounds like fortune cookie fortunes. And I love that. There's something really straightforward about that. Sometimes people wonder, you know. The Bible just tell me what it's supposed to tell me, and Proverbs is one of those places where it just spells it out. It's nice. But as we've been walking, uh, talking about and walking about, I suppose, for the last little bit, I want us to be the kind of people that move past nice and into something that we can engage with, something that we can really hold on to. If you want a life that works, get past nice and into something that pulls you in, something that demands a little bit more of you. If you want to get a little bit more meaning out of Scripture, if you want to get a little bit more meaning out of your life, Take a minute. Get involved. It's nice to read the scriptures like it's just a fortune cookie fortune. Well, that's nice. And each life a little rain may fall. And maybe if I flip over the other page in the Bible, I might get my lucky lottery numbers. Who knows? But I'll tell you, there's something else that happens. When we realize that the Bible is not about something that might happen some other time in the future, when you remember with me that God exists outside of time, right? Think about that with me. We're going to be the kind of people who don't think that God used to be or God's going to at some point. God exists outside of that. For God, it's always right now. For God, it's always right here. And so that means if I want a life that makes sense, I'm going to start to find things that aren't dependent on time and place. I'm going to start to think about what are the things that just don't go away. Those are the places where I feel closer to my own spirituality. Those are the places where I fall in love. Those are the places where art happens and beauty happens and truth happens. What doesn't go away? What is time independent? And if you want to get some meaning out of the Bible, start to read it not as something that might happen if I follow my fortune cookie fortune, but rather something that is going on right now. Very simply, if you hang out with wise people, you're going to tend to have a wise life. If you hang out with people not so wise, well... We've all been there. You with me a long time ago. In fact, it's been shared so many times that I'm not even sure where it came from. And you've probably heard it too because, you know, you're on Facebook. The quote is that you are the average of the five people you hang around with. You've heard that before, right? You're the average of the five people you hang around with. So think about that for a minute. And actually, I want to rephrase that a little bit. You are the average of the five people who capture the most of your attention. That's different. You are the average of the five people who capture the most of your attention because it might just be that there are some people you love, some people you live with, you think about a lot, you pay attention to a lot, but it might just be that there's one or two people that, ooh, that guy on the news or that grudge that I cannot seem to shake. Are they one of your five? Because you are the average of those people. This is a big deal. Ask yourself, is that what I want? Is that where I want to spend my time? And more than that, when people think about me, I want to be in their top five. What can I do differently to get in there? It's like MySpace all over again. What can I do to be there? 
this is a big deal. Because you are the relationships you have. You are the friends and family that you have. You are what you participate in. And this is important because we talk a lot about how powerful you are as a child of God. We talk a lot about the idea that, that you can make things happen, that you create your experience by, by how you behave, by what you think about, by what you say. We talk a lot about that. Meaning, oh man, one of the reasons that I do this, stand around in public places with microphones until someone arrests me, one of the reasons that I do this is because I want people to know just how powerful they are. Just how beautiful this thing that God gave you is. The idea that you can create something that together we make a world. Think of that. And I bet there's somebody in your life that you just sometimes you just want to shake them and go, look at what you can do. Do something good. Think about the power that you have. And so we talk a lot about using the power that God gives us to do something beautiful, and that's important. We spend a lot of time thinking about our thoughts and our words and our actions because that's how we express this. Over and over again, you've heard me and people like me say, the way that you think influences your whole world, and I can write that. It's in the Bible, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be ye transformed by a renewing of your mind. If you want a new life, get a new idea. That's huge, so we pay attention to what we think about. We try to be good shepherds for what's on our mind. But we don't even stop there. We try to be a good shepherd for what we say. Adam and Eve were told that whatever you name the thing, that's what it's going to be for you. And you know darn well that how you label the things in your life, well, that's going to be your relationship. Speak the word and things happen, right? We know about that. So we think about our words. We think about our thoughts. We think about what we do because what we do makes it all happen. But guys, it's really easy to get wrapped up in, in speaking and thinking and acting and forget that that is only half of the equation. The way that you live this life, the way that you use the gifts that God gives you, has a lot to do with something else, too. Because life is what you participate in. Life isn't just what you put out. Life is also what you allow in. Life isn't just about how you carry yourself. Life is about how you let yourself be carried. What happens if you just sit perfectly still and you allow a lie to continue? Does it get bigger or smaller? What happens if you sit perfectly still and you allow some kind of injustice to happen? Does it get bigger or smaller? It's easy for some people to go, oh, well, I didn't do anything. Mm, not enough, right? Life isn't just what you put out. Life is what you allow in. Life is what you allow. And very specifically, life is the relationships that you're a part of. So ask yourself, can I be a friend? Because the answer to that question determines so much about your spirituality. If you can be a friend with somebody else, then you're working on a relationship with something even bigger because friendship is based on love, and that's what God is, right? You want to be spiritual? You don't got to go to an ashram. You don't have to spend money on the right incense. You want to be spiritual? Be a friend. Something happens when you do that. It's the beginning of everything. We talk a lot about the gifts that God gives us. And we talk about sort of the big two. You've heard me talk about it so many times, so many times. God gives each and every one of us the gift of power. Each and every person is free. It's why I say freedom is a choice all the time, because I need you to know how free you are to do anything. God makes us so free that we can learn things the hard way, that we can take the wrong road and learn something that way. 
God makes us so free that nobody can tell us what to do. Now look, I know we've all been in situations where we felt trapped by something, but man, oh man, you know just as well as I do. And no matter what is going on in the outer, no matter how much money you have or don't have, no matter how locked into something you feel, no matter what else is going on, you can change your mind. Nobody can take that away from you. No matter what else is going on outside of you, inside of you, you can change your heart. Nobody can take that away. And I'm not saying it's an instantaneous thing. Sometimes it takes a long time. It takes as long as it needs to take. But sooner or later, you have the power to change your mind, to change your heart, and that can change your life. No matter what, God has given you power. So much power that you can even do it wrong. Isn't that awesome? And in fact, the next time you screw up, the next time something really hurts, you can wallow in it all you want, and you can blame all you want, and you can put on as much guilt as is comfortable. Or you can go, wow, that's how powerful I am. Look at this hole I dug. Going, you know what? I can get myself into this much trouble. What if I just start digging in the other direction? Man, oh man. When you take a minute and just own it. Thank you, God, for this power. It's, I, it's a goofy thing that I did something goofy with it, but here I go. I can be different now. Own it. The power that you have. God gives us freedom and power. That's the first gift. And to balance that out because God can't tell you what to do because you are not born a robot. God also gives each and every one of us a yearning, a calling, a need for truth. In every single heart, God doesn't tell you what to do, but God makes you hunger and thirst after righteousness. God makes you want something beautiful to happen, something noble, something true. God makes you want that. You have a calling. You have a calling for something true. And the story of your life, as you've heard me say before, is how you use your calling to express your power. How you use your power to fulfill that calling. That is the story of your life and if you get those two things in a healthy place, man, oh man, there's nothing that can stop you but I want you to know that that's only two out of three. There's another one that I don't talk about very much. God gives each and every one of his children freedom and power, calling and yearning. And God also gives each and every one of us a family. Every good thing that ever happened to you happened in the context of the people you love. Maybe it's not a biological family. There are people under this shelter and people watching on the internet who, uh, oh man, they don't want to be with the people that they share DNA with. I get it. I get it. But that's not what family is, is it? Because life is more than your blood type. Life is more than a roof you have over your head. There are people who drove for a long way to get here today to be outside. It's Florida. It's summertime. That's just the deal, man. There are people watching on the internet who aren't even in this country. It is a family of running away from something sometimes. It is a family of running to something sometimes. But if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's here that they're here, if a miracle happens in your life, if you have a growth, if you have a breakthrough, if something just changes for you, it doesn't matter until you've got somebody to tell, does it? You have freedom and you have power, you have calling, you have yearning, but none of it means anything without the grounding of people you love. If you want to be spiritual, go out and make friends. We've had some meetings in our house lately, getting ready for the Pride Parade, and, and our, our men's group was, was at our house this week, and uh, we had a Bible study, and we've been doing all kinds of crazy stuff in our living room. And it's amazing because that's where this church started. 
in our living room. None of this could have happened without this community of family and three o'clock in the morning friends who could just show up and, and do a thing. And it reminds me that the word church doesn't mean a building. That's right. It doesn't mean a podium either. <laughs> the word church doesn't mean a physical place. As I said, there are people all over the world. Thank you, my friend. Church means family. Church means a community of people who are called out and they may not ever be in the same place. We are part of that great church that was inaugurated by Jesus Christ. And we're nowhere near Palestine, nowhere near Bethlehem, nowhere near whatever holy place is holy to you. This becomes holy when we know who we are in it. That's the way that this works. That's the way all of this works. Wherever you go, when you speak the truth, when you know who you are, that becomes the church. Church is family. And this church couldn't have started without that. But that's not unique. When you think about it, every hero's story is a story of community. Think about every single movie that you ever loved. The hero's got a crew. The sheriff's got a deputy. There's townspeople that work to clean it up. Don't get me started about Ocean's Eleven. There's stories. <laughs> every single hero's story is a story of community, a story of family. And I want us to really get that. Because there's this idea that people do everything alone. There's this idea that you're supposed to go work on your stuff by yourself. I mean, every hero story has that moment. Think about it. So many movies that we like start the same way. The hero is a misunderstood person. They don't have a lot of answers. They don't have a lot of money. They don't have a lot of resources. And then someone comes and says, you know, you're not who you thought you were. What movie am I talking about? The answer every single movie ever saw. Think about it. All of a sudden, someone says, wait a minute, you're a wizard, Harry Potter. You're a Jedi, Luke Skywalker. Nobody puts baby in the corner. I don't know. Every movie's got that piece of it. <laughs> the idea that you're more than you thought. And sure enough, the next part is that the hero doesn't want to hear it. They don't want to go out and fight and blow off the Death Star. They don't want to go slay the dragon if they're Bilbo Baggins. They don't want to do those things. And then something happens to make them claim their birthright, to make them go, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this. That's every movie, that's every story, and it is your story. But I want us to be really careful about that because that's not the end of the story. It's only the end of the beginning of the story. I mean, think about the movies. When the hero decides, you know what, I'm going to go do this, that's like the end of Act 1. And I say that because there are so many people who go, you know what, I'm going to go do a thing. And now I'm done. I found a church that doesn't make me feel bad. I'm going to go there. I found a relationship that I can, I can finally be healthy and I'm just going to sit in it and I'm not going to try anymore. Oh, wait a minute. You know what I mean. Something else has to happen for us to get past that place of stagnation. Something has to happen to get us outside of ourselves, outside of our ego. Something has to happen when we say, okay, I'm going to do this. Now what? Because I gotta tell you, as sure as I'm standing here in this place, you are called to go slay a dragon. You are called to go find a healthy way to live. You are called to quit that job that makes you feel bad and find one that makes you feel good. You are called to make the world a better place by putting something better in it. You are called. You've got a dragon to slay. So here you are at the end of Act One. So think about the movies that you watch. What happens next? Think about it. Pretty much every movie, after the hero goes, okay, I'm going to go do the thing, okay, I got it. The next moment is that montage where they get the band back together. 
I mean, literally, that's the Blues Brothers, one of the most important spiritual movies ever made. It's, it's all of the Lord of the Rings movies. It's Star Wars. It's Harry Potter. It's name it. It's the Magnificent Seven, for Pete's sake. Every movie, the next step, once you decide, you know what, I am on the path. The next thing that every hero ever does is they gather their crew. They find their family. Because that's what you need. Because friends and family get you outside of yourself. Friends and family get you to that place where your answers aren't just for the sake of your ego. Friends and family get you to the next level of this life. If you want to be spiritual, go out and make friends. Decide to be a friend to somebody else. Because friends pull you out of your ego. Tomorrow is June the 10th. And... It is Jenny and my 25th wedding anniversary. Woo! And people ask us, how do you do it? What's the secret? How does it work? And uh, mostly I tell people that she's a patient woman. <laughs> that's a big part of it. But that's not all there is to it. I think there's a million little reasons. But I think the truth is that one of the big reasons is that we work on this together. We met when we were kids and we have grown up together. If you want a relationship that works, whether it's a romantic one or a working one or a friendship one or any kind of relationship, if you want one that works, be willing to work together. Now that seems obvious, but think about it. How many times have you had a problem and you thought, you know what, I don't want this other person or my work crew or my whatever it is, I don't want them to see my flaws, so I'm going to step away and get fixed. That works as well as not talking into a microphone. I'm going to step away and get fixed, and then I'll come back and we'll be perfect together. But you know and I know that perfect doesn't work that way. You know and I know that perfection is not a destination. Perfection is a road. A perfect relationship is one where you walk together. If there's a secret at all to our relationship, it's that so many times Jenny and I have been able to say to each other, you know what, I need some help. i got to figure this thing out. Or the other person has said, what are you doing? And we figure it out. You want to be spiritual, be that kind of a friend. You want to be spiritual, be the kind of person that says, let's work our, out our salvation, our unfoldment, our growth. Let's work out our miracle in the context of community. Because that's where, the, where it matters, and that's the only place where it matters. Now, last week, the band did a song by the Traveling Wilburys. You know that band, the Traveling Wilburys? If, you, if they don't come to mind, Google is your friend, you'll remember. But it's, a, it's one of those super groups. Sorry, my ride's coming. It's one of those super groups. <laughs> Traveling Wilburys is uh, Roy Orbison, you know, the pretty woman guy. Bob Dylan, perhaps you've heard of him. Tom Petty, the pretty boy in the band. <laughs> Jack Lynn from Electric Light Orchestra, he's the one nobody can remember, but you know Electric Light Orchestra. This is a huge band. And when the, when the band got together, think about it. These people are all legends. The careers of the music industry come and go, I suppose, but nobody needed the money. Nobody needed the fame. That's not why they did it. They got together because they liked each other. They got together because love brought them together, the love and the friendship, and they got together because they wanted to make something beautiful. Why are you with your friends? Because I'll tell you, if you can find something bigger than yourself, the little things go away, and something amazing and liberating and freeing can come out. 
you know that word mulberry, you know what it is? You can't go pick wild mulberries. It doesn't work that way. That's not what that is. As the band got together and they were recording and doing their thing, these amazing masters of music who have accomplished everything you can accomplish in the music business. They were so happy about making something cool, something fun, something beautiful, that they made little mistakes in the recording. Little things. You know, oh, I hit the wrong note, or I didn't sing, that didn't come out the way I wanted it to. What do we do? And sometimes you start over, but most of the time they said, you know what, just keep on going, because other people are going to play, other people are going to sing, and we'll bury that in the mix. We'll bury it. Don't worry about it. The little things aren't important. This beautiful thing we're trying to make is the only thing that's important. So you know what? We'll bury it. And the band became the traveling Wilburys. And I'm telling you that because when you find a community, when you find a family, it doesn't matter that the wind's blowing into the microphone, man. It doesn't matter. You get to show the sides of you that are growing, and that's what it is. Nobody's got flaws. You've got growing places, so you grow. But you don't grow if you don't look at it. Those things don't define you anymore. We'll bury them in the mix. Together, we are more than the sum of our parts. We move on because there's something beautiful in each and every one of us. If you want to be spiritual, go out and make friends. Make friends like a grown-up makes friends. Be a 3 a.m. friend. And I said that before. You know what that is, a 3 a.m. friend? The 3 a.m. friend is somebody that you can call at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, I need you to show up with a shovel and some dirt, no questions asked. <laughs> yeah. And that's a 3 a.m. friend's response, man. This church could not exist without a whole bunch of 3 a.m. friends. Um. You want to be spiritual, be a 3 a.m. friend. I'm not talking about being a martyr. There are some friendships based on how much one person can suffer for everybody else, but that's not friendship, that's ego. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just showing up. Because if you can show up, you grow up. Here's the thing. We talk about getting out of the, the place where we do what we have to do. I mean, there's things you have to do. You've got to go shopping for groceries. You've got to pay the bills. You have to do a number of things. You have to mow the lawn or whatever it is. But that's no way to live. You have to have a heart that beats, but you don't want to have to think about it 24 hours a day. Life gets better when you move out of have to and into want to. You start doing the things that you want to do. But sometimes people stop there. I got to tell you, a good hunk of the self, self-help industry is based on want to. If you read these books, you get to do what you want to do. There's a lot of churches that say if you get right with God, you get to tell God what you want, and God will deliver this. But here's the thing. God is not Santa Claus. You want a life that works, yes, get out of have to. But don't stop with want to, because here's the hard truth. What do you know? What do I know? What do any of us know? Sometimes our calling, our true love, is so much bigger than what can fit between our ears, between our expectations and our life. Life works better when we move out of have to and out of want to and into call to. There is something bigger in your understanding that is calling you. And that seems like a lot of people go, I don't know what I'm called to do. That's big stuff. That's God stuff. And I don't know where to look for that. But the truth is, it isn't hard. It doesn't have to be. If you want to live a called life, just find places where you just do a thing because it's the right thing to do. When you're a 3 a.m. friend, you're living in the called to space. Things can open up for you. And if that's too tricky, you don't have to be friends like you are when you're grown up. Be friends like you are when you're a kid. Remember what it was like when it's like, oh, hey, you like red crayons? I guess we're best friends now. 
Does it have to be any harder than that? Why? What do you have to prove? What do you argue? What if it's just that easy? Do you remember that feeling of being a finger painting with somebody or being in kindergarten with somebody or being in a family reunion with somebody? You go, you know what? I guess we're just best friends now. Here's my whole heart because I'm not afraid. Can you do that? Friendship doesn't have to be a series of trials and making sure that everybody likes the same movies as you and votes the same way as you and feels the same way about people from some other place as you. Let's get over that. That's one-two stuff. Let's be called to friends. And that's what kids know how to do. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It's just more like, there you are. All those years ago, when Jenny walked into the youth group, we were both teenagers, I'll admit I had the text Avery moment of the, you know, oh, God, here she is, and she's really attractive and all that stuff. I'm not going to lie to you. But that wasn't the thing that mattered. When you walked in, I just went, oh, there you go. Where have you been? I've been looking for you. I guess we're best friends now. That's how it works. Be a friend like you are when you're a little kid. Because when you're a friend like that, you realize that friendship only grows when you share it. Love only grows when you share it. Here's the big spiritual message. Are you ready? If it's important, it does not wear out. God is not subject to the laws of entropy. God is not subject to the laws of thermodynamics. God doesn't wear out. There are a lot of people that spend all their time thinking about stuff that wears out, like how much money, how much fame, how much of that stuff. But we are told to store up our treasures in heaven, boys and girls. And that means, among other things, if you want a life that matters, find stuff that matters to pay attention to. Friendship doesn't wear out when you share it. It only grows. Love doesn't wear out when you share it. It only grows. Beauty and truth and nobility and honor and justice only grow when you share it. What can you share today? Yeah, I know we got big problems and God gives us big shovels to deal with them. But you don't have to shovel alone. Not if you want to be spiritual, go out and make friends. People say, I don't know how to deal with this big God stuff. It seems too big. I don't know what to read, what to do. Well, Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of Unity, said, if you want to be spiritual, learn how to trust other people. And use that momentum to learn how to trust God. If you want to be spiritual, go out and make friends. Everything else, don't worry about it. Set that free. Because after all, freedom, freedom is a choice. choice. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do, based on what you've heard, can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube or you can watch the videos. Come join us in person, our street address, and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.